Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. We are so grateful and glad to have you here. We think this is the best podcast out there, so thanks for tuning in. I'm Carl Keller, your host, along with what I would like to say is my trusty sidekick, even though it's the other way around. Not really. Matt McNeil. <laughs> yeah. They don't tune in to listen to me, big guy. Yeah, so they kind of um, do, actually. Uh, but, well, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? Then, then they, they need to kind of understand who's the real star of this show here. It's a team Buddy, effort, how you dude. doing? I'm good. I'm good. I got, I got, uh, it's been a busy last week. I got some good news yesterday. Um, so what happened? Which is a bit I, I know, I, I know but uh, you know, so, um, and, and the reason I'm going to talk about this is because I think it's important that we lead by example, uh, Carl, you and I, if we're out here preaching stuff, we should, we need to be able to practice what we preach. Otherwise we're just full of crap. Um, and I really do try to practice what I preach, and I, Carl, certainly you do too, I know, which is why we're doing this. But I had a colonoscopy on Friday, and the reason I'm talking about that is because um, one is uh, pilots are very healthcare avoidant, and we're going to have a, a guest on the show who's done a lot of research on that um, uh, coming up very, very soon. We're just working out the details on that to talk about healthcare avoidance. Uh, behaviors of pilots but pilots are healthcare avoidant we don't want to go to the doctor for obvious reasons we you know are been trained to say we are perfect and nothing is wrong we've never had a cough never had a hiccup never had a hangnail because we want to keep our medical and it's created a very bad dynamic that we have with healthcare professionals which is avoid i don't want to go because i don't want to lose my ability to work and my ability to support my family and my ability to to do what I love to do. And so we, we tend to just avoid the doctor. And I have treated in the past, I remember at our airline, uh, there was a couple of cases, and then certainly at Lift Effect, a couple of cases where pilots had waited too long to get help. And by the time that they got help, it was too late and they died. And they had very, very preventable conditions that with high successful outcome rate if you can catch it early enough and these poor people waited too long and it was too late and it was the biggest regret of their life and they actually paid their paid the ultimate cost with their life so one of the things that um my doctor my gp just said hey you know matt you're you're 48 it used to be the age of 50 was when you're supposed to get your colonoscopies but they they really are wanting to peel it back now to 45 because the rates of colon cancer are so high. It's the second leading cause of cancer for people under the age of 50, uh, or I think it's under the age of 60, is colon cancer. And um, it's affecting a lot younger people. They're seeing you know people in their 20s and 30s now 
that are having colon cancer. It's not just because we've gotten better at detecting it, but there is an increase in the rates of colon cancer, and they don't really know why, if it's environmental or if it's uh, if it's you know, genetic components or, or what. But um, it, it, so it, she, she said, listen, I, I want you to get a colonoscopy. I had had one 10 years prior because I was getting some lower left quadrant pain and they couldn't figure out what it was so they did a colonoscopy and it was fine but anyways i went and did the colonoscopy um under my doctor's advice and uh it was fine i i had talked to a couple of friends that um we talked about the medication that they give and this and that and i i didn't they've changed the protocols over the years um with what they what they give and i had explored the idea of doing this without any kind of medication at all um, one is because I saw it as a challenge to see if I could control my pain response just with um, some of the, the practices that I've cultivated over the years of how I relate to my thoughts, how I relate to my feelings is what I teach my clients to do. And also because um, the drugs that they give you are very powerful drugs. They, they used to give you something called Versed and uh, Propovol which was the propofols, like the, the Michael Jackson drug, they call it, um, where you needed an anesthesiologist. And those are very serious medications. Uh, but I, so I, I went in and I, I was talking to them and I said, what, what is, I said, where's the anesthesiologist? They said, well, we don't have one. I said, well, how, how are you going to administer the meds? I said, well, we use fentanyl now. Fentanyl and uh, uh, the, uh, the benzodiazepine of Versed. And I thought, you know, look, it's under control. It's controlled. It's not. It's not like you're doing fentanyl off the street, right? But I have had fentanyl before uh, in the emergency department in 2018 when I got very, very sick. Um, we can talk about that another time. But it took me out of flying for a couple of years as a result of that. But and it it was not a really good experience for me uh, when I had it. So I said, you know what? Let me just try this. I'm going to do this without medication. And I was able to get through it. And it was a, quite an experience, but there's some strategy uh, to, to doing it. But it was, a, it was a good experience. I did it. So anyways, the, the doctor's doing the, 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 the procedure. I'm watching the whole thing, and it was quite interesting. I mean, they got the monitor up there, and it's, it's almost like looking at a radar scope. You know, we were compared it to radar, and we're talking about flying, and he's talking about what he's doing. And they, they go all the way in, and he's like, look, you know, everything looks great. Um, you're not going to have to come back for another 10 years because I haven't found anything. And I said, oh, you know, you just jinxed me. And he started laughing and all of a sudden he goes, oh shit, there's a polyp. <laughs> He's like, I was like, see doc, you shouldn't have said anything, right? Now, yeah. So he removes the polyp and it's amazing how they do that. They just like, it's like they tie a little rope around it and just zip. And then they, they actually are able to retain it that they send off to the lab uh, for to, to biopsy it to make sure it is so apparently polyps are about 50 50 chance whether you have them or not um and so but a polyp is something that can turn into cancer just like and he like he likened it to um when you go to the dermatologist and they remove you know moles or little spots precancerous spots or things that could become cancer they want to remove those so that it doesn't develop into cancer which brings me to the point of colon cancer is totally preventable it's a very preventable kind of cancer because you can actually see the things that 
can become cancer, which are polyps. So he removes the polyp and he's like, we're going to send it off to pathology and, and we'll, we'll deal with it. So it was a very quick experience. The prep was the worst part. Um, you got to drink this gallon of this gavelite stuff over a very short period of time. And it was like, oh, like it was so nauseating. It was terrible. I was trying to put like crystal light, uh, it, you know, in it to try it, which is just loaded with sugar and it just, but anything to try to get this down. And, and it was, uh, but and it cleans you out really very thoroughly. It does. It, it They know what they're doing with this. So I, I had to have one and uh, boy, it. It'll it, do that. It does sure. that, right? So, but anyway, so what was interesting is like we, I leave, this is on Friday, and then I'm like, okay, you said, well, you'll get the results of the biopsy in, a, in you know, one, one to two weeks. Um, so, and of course, like my, you know, your mind is going to these places of, well, what if it's cancer? <laughs> um, it's, you know, I was talking to a client yesterday about this experience because she was telling me about how you know she, her she she goes into this catastrophic thinking around health stuff and and it's very common and and I said well yeah I, I do that too and she was like really I was like well of course I do every everybody does these things I mean you you have a human brain your brain is going to take you into you know freeze fight or run all the time and I said yeah over the last you know you know, five days, I, I must have died of colon cancer about a hundred times in my mind of this. And she said, well, but how do you deal with this? Said, but that's, see, the thing is, it doesn't distress me like it used to years ago because I've learned how to create a different relationship with my thinking where it's more like, oh, look, there's the thought of you're going to die of colon cancer. What if you got the worst thing in the world and this and that? I said, and I can just sort of unhook from that fairly quickly. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I would have just been like ruminating on that until I get the call and says, you're fine. And then you're like, oh, okay, everything's good. Um, so, but anyway, it was interesting to just kind of exercise that muscle of r rumination and worry over the few days. And, and it was a good experience to do that. And I actually got the call or, or the email yesterday saying, eh, it's benign. You don't have to come back in seven year for seven more years. Personally, I've been doing a lot of research on colon cancer and this trends i think seven years is too long i'm going to actually request to come back in three because again it's a totally preventable condition and uh it, it was so the experience was not bad so for all of you boys and girls out there my pilots that are avoiding it don't avoid it it's it is not i did this with no medication and it was like a little uncomfortable but it was totally doable and you don't have to do that you can take the meds you'll have a great nap you'll wake up you won't remember anything the prep is the most uncomfortable part but you can get through it but it's good to be proactive with with uh just you know not being healthcare avoidant and i was healthcare avoidant as a pilot for many 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 years uh and i've just seen too many people die from this so that's my story that's how i'm doing long-winded one thing i would one thing that i would add to that is Look at people who are doing similar things to you and see what's happening to them. And then I'll give you two examples real quick. Um, I flew the F-4 in my military career, and depending on what model you had, the nose had a very powerful radar. Mm. And I came to find out um, a number of people that I knew started getting testicular cancer. Yep. And it, the common theme was they all flew the exact same model of the aircraft. And so I, every time I ran into somebody who had flown 
one uh, F4s in general, but that particular model, I said, you might want to go get checked yep. because it looks like maybe the shielding and the radar might not have been as mm-hmm. good as they thought. So again, just kind of look at what's going around you and going, well, if, there, if, if a certain type of cancer or a certain type of long-term illness is occurring and it's more than one person, it might be something for you to, to look into. The second is, um, like, as in, I'm a volunteer firefighter, and there's becoming a high incidence of certain types of cancer yeah. within the fire service now. Again, doesn't mean I have it, doesn't mean I'm going to get it, but because you can do everything right and have bad things happen, you can do everything wrong and have good things happen. Yes. But the bottom line is, if you're in an, in an environment where certain things are have a higher incidence of occurring, it behooves you to be cautious. It doesn't cost anything in the long term compared to what will be for the family and for you if you don't yeah. and you end up with something. So just, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. to doesn't mean you have to be paranoid. Just be aware of your surroundings and look at what's going on. And uh, like you say, a little bit of preventive maintenance, in this case, health work. Healthcare wise, huge rewards. Yeah, yep. Totally so, agree. How are you? What's I going on you, with you, man? Forget me. All I'm talking about no, is butts I, and guts. And mine ain't that cute. No, <laughs> neither is mine. <laughs> oh my god! You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, you know, thank God you only have audio. <laughs> the visual just would not yeah, be something yeah, you need yeah, to see. No, no. <laughs> Oh my lord! I tell you what, I got uh, some questions in from our from our listeners, and okay. and uh, several of them are really good. I don't know if we're going to get through them. Um, like I said, one of these days we're actually going to be able to drive our agenda. But this is the whole reason we're here: are these questions. And if we take the whole time doing these questions, that's okay. Yeah, because that, that we'll be back. Is, is yep. Well, uh, the, the 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 subject matter you have to offer is evergreen. It it's not time sensitive, so but sometimes some of these questions I think are mm. so we hit them while we've got them and then we've we can always get back to the other to the to the more structured material later on. Yep. So got some questions here for you. Okay. Um. The first one. Thanks for this incredible co- podcast. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, hands down, one of the best on the internet for anyone wanting to optimize their mind, heart, and life mm. in practical and applicable ways with just enough legitimate hard science. Legitimate. There, there, you, go. there you go. big guy. Legitimate hard science while having an emphasis and focus on application. Hard mm. to do. My husband is a commercial, era, uh, commercial pilot. He loves the podcast too. And I'm an attending physician at a large academic training hospital where I'm tasked with supervising resident physicians in training. What are your thoughts on building trust amidst the obvious inherent power dynamics that exist all within the context of a high-risk environment that we're working in? Also, are there any in-person opportunities to train with you or hear you speak? We'd love to buy you or Carl uh, a beer for all you do. Thanks again. (laughs) So I'll let you buy us there a beer. Yeah. So people want to see you. They want to know the face behind the voice. No, yeah. Um, so okay. let's hit that part. So first. let's. What about opportunities? Uh, are there going to? Do you see some coming? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, it's a good question. They're speaking. I mean, I do some talks. I just did one for the Air Charter Safety Foundation. Um, 
there i don't publish the, you know those are not we don't publish those anywhere they just i just sort of you know do these and agree to do them i get booked to do them and then i go do them and that's about it um asma i will not be attending uh and talking uh this year um but we uh you know v1 project is gonna have in-person opportunities we're gonna have group meetups in cities um that's kind of more on the horizon and uh but that's kind of for v1 so oh, i got one for you okay you live in denver do. denver is, is pretty it's pretty accessible it's from just about any part of the country as far as direct flights yep maybe if there's enough interest from <clears throat> the listeners maybe that we may be able to have like perhaps a one day or two day seminar conference yeah in denver yeah, you know, yeah. That, uh, local that way you're not having to travel far and could do that and um you know that might be something to yeah, think about that's where it's, to think about. it's just specific to that versus them showing yeah. it up at some other um event where you're just a speaker for one hour yeah for or sure two hours. maybe even a live podcast i've thought about doing that like at a, yeah, re at a restaurant we'll go to a restaurant and we'll all have dinner and we'll do a yeah, we'll just record an episode right there virtual um, yeah we can bring do both have people come and participate whatever we'll, yeah yeah but i, I, I appreciate that yeah that's yeah, very that, kind that, of you yeah to, to to reach out and and um i would love to meet everybody that's listening and that finds this important to them i want to know more about you so that's really cool i appreciate it so we'll get back to the the other question which is what are your thoughts on building trust amidst the obvious inherent power, power dynamics that exist all within the context of a high-risk environment that they work in and this is a physician at a academic training hospital okay you have a really tough job um, residency is hard uh, because these are physicians, but they're newly out of medical school. They're getting their three years of just intense, crazy amounts of training. Um, they're seeing everything. It's like literally a fire hose. If you think aviation's a fire hose, try being a physician. Uh, that is a fire hose where you're wor working 100 hours a week, you know, just grinding. And you're dealing with some pretty scary stuff. So how do you lead in a high risk safety critical environment where there's power differential. I think you you say in there in the question you you wrote the word trust. Well, that is a huge piece. You have to be able to build trust. That's first piece of leading is trust. And I think I think the other piece um of leading this just kind of I'm not just kind of riffing here um is to help your trainees be able to reach their full potential that's what good leadership is you really want them to reach their full potential so you want them to trust you and you you want them to reach their full potential if you're not able to build trust uh they're not gonna people are not gonna follow your leadership that's just kind of leadership 101 uh, and if you're not able to get results for them helping them helping them get results then they're not going to follow your your leadership which is why i think trust and uh full reach helping them reach trainees reach their full potential is is key formulate my thoughts here could i throw a couple in while you're talking yeah while you're thinking? yeah yeah um in a generic sense that this would go anywhere is for in any environment is one is to be credible yeah. um demonstrate your credibility yeah. uh and another thing when you're talking about building trust the quickest way to destroy it is show that the playing field is not level mm -hmm. where there's preferential treatment when you're people want to know that they're being evaluated or being looked at equally among not because there's any preference because of any particular 
reason. So I think those are two things that are yeah. important because when you show that you're being impartial and you're treating everybody equally, when they do something good, they they're acknowledged. When they aren't, they're they're uh, um, the the reason is explained and then uh, shown in a constructive manner. That's right. How to do better, but you do that to everyone, yeah. not just to certain people. Right. You don't play favorites. It's going to destroy yeah. trust. Yeah, I agree. That's a good. Po- that's a really good point. I think. So here's what my belief system is. You need to be able to connect with the people that you're trying to lead on a personal level. If you keep it, look, there is a, yes, there's professionalism needs to be maintained, but if there's just like, there's no personal connection at all, it's just a wall, you're, yes. you're going to be out, unreachable, out of touch. And, and it's unattainable. And when it's unattainable, it there's a lack of trust there. So I think you've got to find that that delicate balance of being professional, but also being able to connect with them personally. And so I, I know that taking the time to get to know people, uh, who they are, and what what their their vulnerabilities are, even on a personal level, and actually caring, not in a fake way, but in a real way, uh, caring about them is a way to establish trust. Having the competence, the knowledge, and the skill to help them close the gap from where they are to where they want to be, which is what kind of what you're talking about, is you, you have to have that baseline level of competence. If you don't demonstrate and live what you're asking them to do, there's a there, there's a mismatch. And it's, you know, don't don't do as I, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That's not going to build trust. That's that's a good way to destroy trust. So you got to have that competence um, to 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 bring the goods and help them close the gap. Um, you need to be able to display ethical character and trust in in, in living a, a very uh, principled uh, and competent life, a professional life, uh, and I think honestly a personal life. Um, uh, versus a you know like just a, a preference based life. And I always think, you know, when I train pilots, um, is to say, look, when you open up the federal aviation regulations under ATP certificate, what's the first thing that it says in there? Must be of sound moral character. Um, integrity. Integrity. Because if you don't have integrity, you, 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 you're phony. It's like, it's, 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 a, it's a house of cards that's just, there's no foundation underneath that. Absolutely. No. I, I tell my kids that you can take everything away from me. You can take my house, my car, whatever, but you can't take my integrity. I can yeah. give that away. Yes. That is something that you control. So it, it's key. It really, yeah. So much of who you are emanates from that very quality yes. of trait. And then I would, I would say, so like, let's get into then when, when you, this idea of like, you have to be able to get them results. So, so that's how you build trust is you have, you've got to kind of walk the talk um, and, and lead by example, but then how do you actually get results? Uh, you got to create clarity for those that you're, that you're leading. And I am a, you know, we used to say it in flying all the time is kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid, stupid, simple. Simplicity wins at the end of the day all the time. And so I think just keeping it very simple based on where, knowing where they're at developmentally and, and giving them enough so that they can work with that. If you just overload them with too much, it's like I think it you start to build this gap between oh there's the 
the doc, the, the the attending that just knows everything, and I'm just the dumb resident that doesn't know anything. And there's you, you're creating a bigger uh, chasm that has to be crossed. So you want to close the gap, and I think you do that by meeting them exactly where they're at, keeping it very clear. Clarity is everything, and if if you can't explain it, you like in a simple way. I think this was an Einstein quote is the ultimate level of knowledge is simple is simplicity and so if you cannot explain it simply in a way that they can understand with where they are developmentally at then you're gonna you're not gonna build trust you've got to provide accountability for your residents so that they do what they uh, say they will do which is what you had highlighted there's got to be accountability um, you, you can't just kind of let it go or let it slide. I mean, context matters. It's not black and white, but accountability is everything. So they, they, you need to hold them accountability and then develop skills and strategies needed to uh, help them power through adversity. Because mm -hmm. in any safety critical environment, and especially in medicine, you're going to see some bad shit. And um, it, it's really rough. You know, it's really, I supervise uh, trainees for uh, therapists and like the reality is you're going to have people that you're going to have to put in the hospital you're going to have people that uh, are going to kill themselves you're going to have suicides you're going to have uh, things go off the rail some pretty crazy stuff and um, you've got to have strategies to be able to power through it or you are going to risk uh, being traumatized or or just you know burning out and so I think putting together a little playbook on how you're going to manage people is a really good thing. You like document. If you have to say it twice, write it down. That's a huge piece. In creating a little a, a guidebook in aviation, we call it gouge. Create the gouge. Uh, if you've got to say it twice, write it down. You will create a wealth of knowledge that you can you can give your trainees that they can use. You know, in reference and and sort of anchor onto, so that they can power through and 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 you know. Take take their their knowledge and skill to a documented next level. What are your thoughts on that, Carl? I mean, I agree with everything. Yeah. Um, I, I I think to some degree, and and although it's not an uh, an exact par uh, parallel, think of your new physicians as children, and there's an all with your child, monkey see, monkey do. You know what you do, they're going to emulate because they're learning the ropes of their profession. Uh, be careful. Power corrupts. Absolute power can corrupt absolutely. So just because you're in a position of authority, just remember one day these people will be there too. Teach them the right. Teach them the way to have understanding of humanity, and also understand that th there are some very difficult decisions they'll need to make. And if things, you know, I, I don't know what kind of personality trait this listener has or anyone else, but. To me, having a little bit of humanity goes a long way when you're yeah. dealing with a patient who's dealing with stuff. And if you show an autocratic uh, environment, it's like watching the TV series House. Mm -hmm. You know, if people watch that and look at those things and go, you know, you can learn a lot about human uh, nature and relationships about how to deal with things. Because some, news, some, news is often not good. Yeah. So if you teach them to understand those things and the fact that they're going to like you say, they're going to deal with some really lousy issues. Yeah. I don't care what level they're at, whether they're a family physician or uh, a heart surgeon. They're yeah. going to you're, you're going to run into those events where you're going to go, oh my god, 
and they're going to lean back on what they learned yeah and what they taught yeah. so uh, i agree with everything you've said it's just you are the role model yep. you're going to you're going to set their path that they're going to judge everything else by good or bad and i'll tell you this if you fail to lead well the people you train will leave you for somebody who can and that that's just the, the the because we have this natural inclination to want to flourish and to excel and if we feel like we're not getting it from you know we're not getting it from you they're going to go somewhere else and so some of the myths can we just talk about some myths about leadership that i hear all the time oh my god so <laughs> i want to hear what you have there okay so, so one is leaders are born not made absolute mm -hmm. nonsense and this is the most common thing i hear um, now, some people have innate leadership qualities, that's for sure. Uh, but but I would say that's actually kind of rare. Most leaders are made by their experiences and by their yep. mentorship. And their experiences that surround them propel them to become effective leaders or have effective leadership styles. So that's one. A second one is um, uh, le leadership is complex and more than simply building trust and getting results. Le leadership can can be a never-ending field of study. There's books. I got a bookshelf on leadership, but you've got to be able to simplify. And if you can, 100%, all of these books on leadership point to so the key fundamentals is you have to be able to build trust and you have to be able to get results. If you don't build, and we know from business coaching and everything, if, if they don't trust you, they will not listen to you. And if you don't get them results, they will cancel. They will leave you. So you have to be able to get, build trust and get results. Full stop, period, the end, mic drop. Third one, leaders know everything. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. Um, what leaders have is a vision and a sense of direction. That's what good leadership has. Uh, think about CEOs of companies, yeah. you know? Like, sometimes they make decisions and it goes the wrong way. But if you don't have a sense of direction of where you're going to take this, then you're, you you can't lead, you can't steer the ship. It's like being a captain. It's at some point you might make the wrong call, right? Just don't make the worst call. I mean, that's the key. Is like, all right, look, I chose to divert, and it was a non, you know, it ended up being uh, no, nothing. It ended up being something that wasn't a big deal. But I I had to make the call, and that's what we did. Or I chose to return to the gate, or I chose to, you know have the passenger removed or uh, you know i chose to take the delay instead of or wait for catering whatever you you have to be able to make a decision and sometimes you realize okay that probably wasn't the best decision it wasn't the worst decision but it, i could have made a better one you learn from that so leaders don't know everything they're just uh, they have a vision and a sense of direction leaders are infallible that's nonsense that's that's absolutely nonsense no one's perfect and leaders make mistakes just like anyone else. It's what makes us a human being. Leaders only give orders. That's another one. This, people lead by authority, by, by position or title and feel that they only, they only give orders. Leaders don't always give orders and instruction. Uh, I mean, though the position they're in requires them to do so. Um, and so as a, maybe as an attending physician, the true measure of great leadership is your ability to inspire others to do what's required of them in a given situation uh, by, by leading from the front and then creating a sense of mission like my like mindset leadership it's it is is it's it's caught more than taught I and mean, that's a saying that i always remember one of my mentors always used to say about about mindset leadership it's caught not taught 
And so um, leaders are always charismatic. No, they're not. Sometimes we have bad days and you're a human being. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I just don't have it in me right now to, uh, to be super motivational and be rah-rah. You know, especially when things are, are, are really rough. You'd be able to take time to be a human being and say, I need to sit for a minute and figure this out. Um, there's an idea that leadership comes with age. I think that's, that can be true, there, but there's no specific age requirement to become an effective leader. People, Absolutely that's, not. It's not. I mean, it's just... I can, I can tell you, I spent 30 years in the military, retired as a colonel. My son, who's 16, and I was 58, went to the fire academy together at the same time. We were the bookends, youngest and oldest. <laughs> and the that's instructor awesome. there was substantially younger than I was, Lieutenant Wise. Shout out to the man. <laughs> he, when I first saw him, met him, I thought he was an arrogant bastard. And, uh, but I was amazed by his humanity and his care. He just had a gruff nature about it. And one day I walked up to him and I said, you know, Lieutenant Wise, you're an asshole, but you're my asshole. <laughs> and I did. And, and he, I, yeah. I learned so much from that man. And, and it, ages, ages, you can get, a lot of times what people equate experience has to come with age. It can, but experience doesn't have you don't have to be old to have a lot of good experience so i absolutely agree with you age some people say well you know i'm older you have to respect me N no no i don't it, l let me see what you bring to the table and then we'll talk but the, age know, in itself there's some old fools can you out build there. and it, that's where it comes down to forget age can you build trust and can you get results yep. that's like full stop and i think a, a, a big one too is that leadership can can be attained only through study um Leadership skills can be read and learned, but they've got to be practiced. And so building trust and getting results are an attitude and an action. You've got to have the action part, not, not just knowledge and theory. I mean, we talk about in V1, we're going to go from theory to practice to mastery that we never attain. We only aim at it. We just aim at mastery. We get really good, but are you ever fully mastered? I disagree. I think that the day you say you are is the day you should stop. Absolutely. You learn something every single day. And again, I, you hear me say all the time, I talk, I tell my kids things. I don't know that they ever listen to what I say, but I always say, I want to, I want to try to be better so that I want yesterday to be jealous of tomorrow. Yeah. I want to be better to, yet today than I was yesterday and not as good as tomorrow. Totally You've agree. got to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. You're dying. Because the world doesn't stop. It moves forward. Even if you're standing still thinking, well, I'm not moving backwards. Yeah, you are. That's right. You, you need to, well, even if you know and at the top of your game, things change. Look at AI. Look what it's doing to so many things right now. If you don't challenge yourself, you're already stepping backwards. You have to, you have to constantly keep learning because that's where we're, that's the age we're in. Yeah. And I'll add this though: if you are not constantly learning, if you're not reading the books, and you're not, you're you're just you're done. I mean, I think it was Stanley McChrystal, General McChrystal, had said like this guy reads like you know two or three books a week. I mean, and and all of those those generals have read; they read constantly. They're reading history, they're reading about technology, they're reading about philosophy, they're reading about because you know, if you're not reading, I mean books are are, are books are my life. I mean, well, let me absolutely. ask you, you. You I you work 60 hours a week. Yep. You got a family. You you've got another business going on the side. How many books a week do you read? Mm, 
at least two. And, and so if you can do it, if There's I can no do it, anybody, I'm not the brightest yeah. bulb. I'm not I mean, saying you have I, you to know, read two weeks, two books a no, week. No, but, no, no, no. Be constantly improving your knowledge. Um, it, there's no reason not to it challenge and and you'll stay younger by, by yes. you know by by keeping your mind active you know thinking about things because it you can atrophy and look i took a bunch of high. speed reading courses in college and and i you know i've kept up on that quite a bit so i could how to read with comprehension um but you know and there's different kinds of reading there's pleasure reading which i don't get nearly enough of um, but when I'm reading, I'm like on a mission, man. I'm like a vulture scanning for meat. I mean, I am just aggressively attacking um, whatever I'm reading. And and the reality is, is like, I am not afraid to abandon a book. If it's like, it's not happening, it's not giving me, it's out. And I am just like, bang, I'm moving on to the next thing. Um, so, you know, it depends on what's the purpose of your reading. But I, I read often for competency and to learn and to be able to, you know, have more to offer my clients um, through through what I'm learning about. And so it's a it's kind of a different focus of, of how to read. You know, I'm going to pull you back out a little bit just because yeah. we went down a rabbit hole, a good one, but we went down one. To get back to the question, what else do you think as far as to build trust in 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 her or in their high-risk environment. Any other tips that you would want to throw in that direction as far as to help with with her students, in this case, the young physicians? So, so to build trust, one of the first aspects of becoming a better leader um, is, 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 like I said, it's just you've got to build trust. So I think of um, the three Cs, right? Connection, competence, and character. Connection is you want to be intentional about creating opportunities for time and shared adversity with your your residents. Th this should extend to outside of the hospital. Absolutely. It has to. Absolutely. Yep. I tell people when I was flying, I learned more talking about things, at, so to speak, in, in the air crew lounge when we got done flying. In the school academic environment, you know, it was always the book learning. When we were Afterwards, I learned more sometimes what not to do by people saying, boy, I nearly, I screwed up and I nearly died doing this. Yeah. Just don't do these things. Yes. Show them, they can learn as much by your missteps as much as by how to do it by the steps. Yep. Yep. So that's that's the connection piece. So connection, competence is is just continually display your competence to help your, your, your uh, students close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. And if you don't know the answer to a question that they ask, then then tell them that you will find it. <laughs> and go, and then lose, here's the deal. Go and find it. Go get it. <laughs> go get you, it. You don't do that. Talk about losing credibility right. and trust. Boom. That's gone. right. And that's, and that's part of why I think it's important to develop a, a just a, a huge thirst for knowledge and continuing your education so that you're always learning and staying up on cutting edge of your industry. I mean, I have I have lots of friends that are doctors that are physicians and I mean, they're, they're, they're psychologists and I mean, like I'm a Sunday reading is reading studies. I mean, it's like looking at all of the new studies that come out of the journals to just like stay up on what is going on because it's changing constantly. So you you've got to be competent. You got to be thirsty for knowledge. You just got to get so into it, aggressively chasing down what is gets closer to the truth. Here's one for you: fake it until you make it. Have you heard that mm. one before? Talk, let's talk about it. Let's talk about. It. What do you talk yeah. to me about that? What do you think? 
Uh, you know, yeah. people sometimes say, hey, you've got to present this aura of competence and ability because otherwise people won't take you serious. I get that. But in reality, especially when you're in a position of authority or someone who's looking at stuff, you want to screw, you want to lose all credibility and all trust and all um, ability to affect their nurturing and learning. Do the fake until you make it. A act like you know something that you don't know. Like you said, if you don't know, you stand up and you go, I don't know that or I'm not sure. I'll go find out. And like you said, I will get back to you because faking it, I guarantee you, you will get outed. You will get caught. You will be totally agree. shown it. And, and then you'll be like the yes. emperor with no clothes. Now, there's a, diff you, yeah, there's a difference between faking it and being brave. Now, that's different. Yep. Sometimes you've yes. got to be like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to give myself some confidence. With I'm going to change my body position. I'm going to work on my mindset so that I can go, you know, like uh, one of my clients, he's an attorney. And I, I just love working with him. He's, he's a, a high-powered litigator. Um, and we were talking and, and he said, you know what I love about our relationship, Matt, about why I love working with you? We both do scary things for a living. And I, I thought that is, you know, yes, that is true. And as a doctor, you are doing scary things for a living. You got people's and lives in your hand. You got people's lives in your hand. Just like when we fly airplanes, just like when I'm even, you know, I used to think flying was scary. Doing therapy can be scarier. Um, You're in somebody's mind. Well, yeah. And when people are suicidal or people, you know, it's like, there's a lot of, but, and you have to have some confidence and you're never going to be fully like, oh, I'm totally ready for this. It's like, you've got to be able to put on your game face and go in there and do some scary shit. So, the, but that's not faking it. That's just having the self-confidence to say, I'm going to go face some scary stuff and be vulnerable yes. to, to do that. So, so that's the competency. And then the last piece is the character. You must get clarity on who you are and the the you know the core principles that drive your behaviors. That's what character is. You want to live out of principle, not preference. That's what character is. In order to li to, to to live and lead out of principle, you, you're gonna to want to find you gotta fill out your what is your mission in life? What's your vision? What's your purpose? Um you know, figure out what those those processes are. Get go get some coaching on what what's your why? Why are you doing any of this? You got to know that's what builds character. Um, and so, you can use this to help your trainees uh, get clarity on who they are and and what's their core principles and their mission and what they want and their vision and their goals. So uh, you 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 build trust by connection, by competence, by character. Um, and, and then, you know, then we get into like, you know, how, getting results. There's, there's, uh, results is, you know, clarity, um, accountability, um, expect and navigate adversity. That's how you get results. And so they could go, we could go on and on forever, but I think that's probably for our purposes here today. That's probably enough. Hey, I, <laughs> it's you know, such I, a good question. Was, I just love this it. This was a I great question. It. And, um, um, I would love the listener to give us some feedback it did is what we give you today and primarily um matt and not me but primarily is the content we're giving you helping you yeah. did, did it give you did it create questions did it answer give you some ideas because we'd love to know that what we're we're actually helping people versus just talking to ourselves yep so please i i would love this particular listener to to you know give us some feedback yeah on on, on 
Did we hit the mark? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's it's interesting because, you know, like we're talking, I I know how to talk to pilots. I talk to pilots all day. That's like, I, I, I am a pilot. I speak the language. I'm not, I'm not a physician. I'm not an ER doc. Um, uh, you know, so I'm not a surgeon, and so there are some parallels. But, there's right. some parallels, but I, but I want, yeah. Any kind of feedback on that is, is did we, is that helpful? I think, but these are things that are pretty universal to whether you're a physician or an attorney or a, a pilot or a CEO. So I, 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 I think, uh, I think you'll find these to be useful if you, if you chew on them and meditate on them and go do some research on these things, and it's gonna, it's gonna be impactful. Please hit that like button. It just takes a second. If you have any questions or comments, podcast at lifteffect.com. We read it and we talk about it as you can see. We thank you for being a part of our valued community. We look forward to seeing you on our next uh, episode. Keep tuned in and checked in for the latest and greatest. We hope you have a great day and great week till we see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance-related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect Podcast.